0: Hello and welcome to the latest episode of CM Conversations. I'm Lewis Martin, a business consultant specialising in global building technologies recruitment. Like in many of the sectors, in building technologies everyone is talking about both Internet of Things and AI, which are radically transforming the way the industry looks. In HVAC in particular, nothing has ever come close in terms of the impact these two factors have had on the market. The adoption of AI specifically has created some amazing opportunity to improve maintenance, comfort, and also energy savings for buildings. The increasing impact and adoption of AI in buildings has been spearheaded by some really exciting and also innovative companies. And I've been lucky enough to have one of those companies, Brainbox AI, join me today. In this episode of CM Conversations, I spoke with Chief Revenue Officer from Brainbox AI, Rainer Welledge who has had a fascinating career working with pioneering technologies across multiple industries. He's been tasked to help Brainbox AI with their ambitious global expansion, and it was fantastic to have the opportunity to pick his brains, not only about his experience, but its plans for the future. If you'd like to get involved in the conversation, or even be a future guest, you can contact me on LinkedIn or email at cmconversations at That's all from me. Here's my conversation with Rainer. I hope you enjoy listening. Today, I'm joined with Rayna Welledge, Chief Revenue Officer of Brainbox AI. Rayna, how are you?
1: I'm doing well, Lewis, and glad to
0: be on the podcast. Brilliant. Just for listeners, it'd be great to get a 60-second overview of your background. With pleasure.
1: Um, So, yes, as you mentioned, I've uh, joined Brainbox AI back in uh, March of this year um, as the Chief Revenue Officer. Um, My goal there is to really set up our go-to-market uh, strategy, anything from sales through partnerships and marketing. Uh, previous to that, um, I was at uh, SAP and uh, leading their solution engineering and, and innovations team. The reason that I joined Brainbox for me was actually the, the interest in, in how they're leveraging artificial intelligence to make a sector that I knew of, um, HVAC, um, really interesting and the ability to have a go-to-market strategy um, that allows customers building, basically building owners, um, the ability to to get energy savings at a scale that I thought would not be possible was absolutely intriguing and, and something I wanted to pursue and invest my uh, my time and energy in.
0: Could you tell me more about Brainbox AI and and how it's introducing their technology to commercial real estate?
1: Absolutely. Um, Brainbox AI is actually pretty young, still uh, definitely in the startup uh, stage. The idea came about uh, three years ago, and uh, if if you were to look at uh, the HVAC industry, um, we looked at it and started comparing it to it being so reactive, there must be energy gains to be had. Um, We noticed some other technologies out there that were analyzing certainly the performance of HVAC and uh, giving back points, recommendations uh, to the operators to say this is one way that you could optimize your, your HVAC system. And we thought about it and said, well, if if we were to take the analogy of a car, um, cars are very reactive. You press on the pedal, they move forward. You press on the brakes, they stop. You turn. Um, And that's really what HVAC was doing thus far. And when we compared it to autonomous cars, Teslas, for example, we we were kind of scratching our heads, so "Well, how how do they make it work?" And obviously, it's all about predictiveness, right? So, camera reads the road. They have different layer inputs about map, traffic jam. Um, long story short, it 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 basically then tells the car what to do. And um, our CTO uh, Jean Simon and Sean Neely, who's the uh, the CEO, put their heads together and I said, "Look, why don't we uh, why don't we apply that to HVAC? What would it?" What would it take? So um, started to develop some algorithms. Um, started to uh, deploy it in some of the buildings that raised their hands at church. Let's let's give this a try. And uh, really, the uh, the ability to write certainly read first all the, the different data points from the HVAC system, from the uh, more particular the building management system or BMS. Then writing back into that um, autonomously, making the BMS be much more proactive is really how Brainbox got started. And uh, then about one year ago, just in May of uh, last year, 2019, that's when um, we really said, okay, let's put a few more people together and uh, let's go to market.
0: Since going to market, um, expanding the team, what are some of the results that um, AI, the technology that you're bringing to market is generating?
1: A very very interesting results to our own surprise we we didn't really know initially what to expect we knew there was certainly um, a, a energy efficiencies uh, to be gained on on that note we estimated that ten percent to twenty percent in the ATRAC system itself would probably be very reasonable and and shouldn't be necessarily a, a great hurdle for us. But when we start looking at, at at the HVAC, and again, HVAC would consume on average probably around anywhere from 40 to maybe 60% of the total energy bill of an office building. Um, we realized that the overall energy bill, um, we hit reductions of 15, 20, 25, even 30% in some instances. Um, so the average is anywhere between 20 and 25% of gains in efficiency of your total electrical bill. Mm -hmm. So if you bring that back to the HVAC, that obviously then means that we're saving up to 50%, which is uh, really stunning. But if you look at it and and compare again, reactiveness towards proactiveness, that's really what we gain, uh, that's how we gain uh, the the energy uh, efficiency.
0: And gaining the energy efficiency with data, what data is needed to drive the AI's decision-making?
1: So the key data points obviously are are all the data points that already reside um, and are typically managed by the BMS. Um, So obviously anything from the thermostats Uh, through, you know, information about the boilers, the chillers, uh, dampers, uh, humidity control. So those are the standards uh, data points that we ingest, uh, but we go beyond that. Um, We also look at the weather forecast. So based on geolocation of the building, we will pull in um, uh, weather data. Um, We would also look into occupancy rate of the building, um, there's different ways to to get that type of data, whether you get it out of elevators, whether you get it uh, um, out of routers, like Cisco, for example, offers that. So there's different ways of ingesting those types of data points on top of it. And then we layer it, and that's when the algorithms basically do their magic by looking at all those various data points, computing them, and then predicting if the temperature in that particular building on those particular floors Are they going to rise? Are they going to? Are they going to, depending on the seasonality, of course, um, or they're going to they're going to drop? And then, based on that, slowly we'll tell the BMS, okay, maybe now start cooling in the summer, start heating in the winter, um, but do it more gently. Right. So Mm -hmm. instead of maybe more less binary and and full fan speed on, you might might just want to put it on a on a lower fan speed to to gradually kind of maintain that temperature in
0: the building. Sure. Um, and due to the pandemic, not only is AI being utilised for energy efficiency, but um, also comfort. Um, how has COVID impacted the way your AI is operating in buildings?
1: Yeah, great question. Absolutely, uh, definitely a challenge <laughs> uh, since uh, certainly February March. Um, I would say, Louis, the, the the key there is that we developed a um, an algorithm that really optimizes uh, the intake of, of fresh air because that's what it's all about, right? It's you want in a building and, and more and more studies are being found uh, that that point to the the, the airborneness of the, the COVID-19 virus and that it could through insufficient ventilation system can certainly be pushed onto other floors, let's say. Um, so the refresh rate, um, is key, and typically buildings are known to have a full uh, fresh cycles of two to three per per hour of fresh air being pulled into these buildings um, if you look at hospitals and on the opposite spectrum where for example there's uh, especially in, in in covid wards or where there's patients that are extremely sensitive to to bacteria. Refresh cycles or air refresh cycles could be up to thirty times an hour. So I, I certainly we believe that the ability to pull in fresh air and and, and increase those cycles that's something that probably any building operator can do fairly with ease. The impact it will have, of course, is you're really impacting the uh, the peak energy uh, and creating high loads for energy due to the uh, the cooling of all this new fresh air or the heating needs to be pulled into a building. So what our AI does and and what we're offering to building operators is the ability to optimize that um, and to look at it. But also there again, let's look at data. We Now if you're uh, in California, for example, um, there's a lot of forest fires that are happening um, that will certainly have an impact on the quality of air. So you might in that instance, pull less of fresh air in because then you have a different challenge because you have all that, that, that smoke air in that potential in your building. So those are all things that um, that our algorithm will, will compute. and we'll also look at um, what uh, what's the price of the, the kilowatt on that specific uh, hour or during that specific time. and again it will optimize it. So of course you're still going to increase the, uh, the, the load on the energy, but this is going to be optimized.
0: Okay. Um, what would you say that the main challenges or even concerns at this stage are of facility users and owners when it comes to adopting AI?
1: Yeah, there's there's a lot. That's a fantastic question, and, and we certainly uh, run into those. Uh, I would say probably on a on a daily basis. I think part of it has to do it's it's people think um, they know AI. I mean, AI is extremely complex if you really look uh, deep into it. Um, and there's also, there's a lot of offerings out there, right, that, that uh, leverage AI or, or machine learning um, or even the Internet of Things, IoT, um, to come up with proactive um, data suggestions, recommendations to, um, to building operators. Um, some of the key questions that we are particularly getting is, so one is like, how are you different from everybody else, right, that, that is in the, in the ESCO um, energy savings business. Other things are, for example, how does your AI impact our building management system? Am I now losing control of it? Um, How do I maintain um, certain autonomy of the BMS? What if your AI goes crazy? What if it starts all of a sudden heating when it should be cooling or cooling when it should be heating? Those are the typical um, questions that we do get. And um, we obviously are trying to reassure our customers. We explain to them number one, how we do work, how our system does uh, does basically compute and writes back into the BMS and that it's in essence just an extension to the building management system. There's no requirements to install any additional equipment, for example. Um, so there's no fear there of, of us kind of unloading all sorts of um, um, costs on onto the customer. And there's also the always the ability, again, if I may, to go back to the car analogy, Mm -hmm. as soon as you put your hand back on the steering wheel, so basically um, the AI can and will be overruled. Um, So there's always that um, uh, where you can literally um, override the AI at any time and point.
0: Okay, and and when it comes to large-scale adoption, are are you seeing the same barriers? Well,
1: yes and no. I I think for for large-scale adoption, um, building owners like to do a test pilot in a couple of their buildings. Um, so if it's, let's say, one organization that, you know, owns a lot of properties, um, they'd like to test it out first, uh, see the results, uh, want to make sure that uh, we, we deliver what we say in state. Um, and then once based on that, then obviously we're looking at different buildings. And that's happening right now in a couple of, of big projects that we're doing um, where we do 50 building plus rollouts, right? And, and those are being done in in, in phases, um, generally in the market, I would say more and more, there is the, the openness to leveraging these technologies. Um, and, and again, there's, there's a slew of them out there, right? It, it depends. Everybody needs to look at what's best for their, their building. Also, what is their system, um, compatible with? That's another key questions that, that you have to ask yourself.
0: Yeah. And what does the future hold for artificial intelligence in buildings?
1: I think a great deal. Um, would probably most of us certainly have heard, maybe even have a friend or ourselves um, starting to get into kind of smart home technology on the in the private sector. Uh, anything that started maybe with thermostats, Alexa, uh, what have you, uh, Google Home. So these technologies are, I think we're familiar with them. So the, the there's less resistance there. If you look on the commercial side, um, whether it's malls, office buildings, schools, universities, what have you. Um, I think more and more, it's the the, um, compatibleness, uh, the ability to really tie into the existing systems. And then you need to look at what yields you the best energy savings, right? Obviously, years ago, I would assume most most buildings um, have changed from kind lighting to LED lighting, for example, gaining some energy there. So AI itself, although it's still maybe looked upon with skepticism, more and more people understand the value of it, and I think there's a lot of things that uh, that can happen in the future. Anything from you entering the building or parking, where maybe through object recognition (OCR), um, you know, can identify your license plate and guide you to a certain spot or your spot per se, or just optimize the the, the parking ability inside a building, all the way to smart elevators that can again do facial recognition and, and maybe optimize where they are on the floor. A lot of that is done already, um, all the way to understanding through sensors um, how many people in a certain room on a certain floor, um, and then really break down and optimize the the energy um, that's being yielded. And then if you take that on a larger scale, um, I think if you start thinking about you know different buildings and, and the the overall energy grid, um, I think the ability to to more of a swarm AI and and really optimize where do you want to put your energy, where the peaks are. Maybe there's more of an industrial sector of the town. Um, Maybe there's more commercial buildings and and there's going to be different energy peaks. And I think AI will, will really impact that on, on, many, many levels and it's going to be transparent, right? It's, it's going to sit in the background and, and, and really compute and what we as humans, just the massive time that it would take from, from, for us to do that, um, it just wouldn't make sense. And and I think that's why AI really allows us to focus on other things. So I think the future uh, is absolutely right. And it's certainly part of why I, uh, I, I've i joined uh, the Brainbox and more particularly in the, the field of AI.
0: Rainer, really appreciate your time. Louis,
1: absolutely a pleasure. Thank you for inviting us to this and um, have yourself a great day.
0: Take care. So that was my conversation with Rayna thanks for listening if you'd like to get involved in the conversation or even be a future guest again you can contact me on LinkedIn or email us at cmconversations at I'm Lewis Martin thanks for listening